Good evening. Welcome. Nice to be with you again. I'd like to welcome my God, Brother Pratishaba, who I've been seeing for many, many years. I think he's still living in a van <laughs> with his uh, and his learned uh, wife, Don Kaley, partner in Sankirtan. Yes, it is a crime. It's a crime that people don't take it up. <laughs> nice to have you here. So, last night we had a question from Samadhi, from Paramatma Sandarbha, kind of a simple question, and I gave an introductory answer to it. Um, and, the, and the Paramatma Sandarbha, of course, is um, the third of Jeeva Goswami's sixfold treatise, the first four books of which uh, deal with what we discussed to some extent last night, Sambandagyan, kind of a conceptual orientation to the Advaigyan Tattva, this very nuanced idea of, of, of non-duality that the Bhagavatam um, 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 invokes to uh, in an effort to describe the nature of reality, mm-hmm. and um, and the, the question was that there in the Sandarbha, uh, this, this is the headiest of the Sandarbhas, the Paramatma Sandarbha. Um, there uh, is a description of the Jiva Tattva, and and then it means the Atma here, and. Uh, is a different term, a more generic term. Jivatma, let us say. Jiva means like life. So life is not biological, if you will. There is a kind of a biological life, but without the Atma, it cannot take place, is the idea. So. Ours is a consciousness-centric, from a geocentric to a heliocentric to a consciousness-centric perspective. Hmm. And so the, the the Atma, and then 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 the, the Maya Shakti, hmm. another power. We gave the analogy of the fire, so the smoke of the fire that can cover the spark. Smoke referring to the the in this analogy the the uh, the hmm, Deluding influence of, of material nature and uh, the Atma, the spark. <clears throat> and so, there in the Paramatma Sandarbha, as you pointed out, it's mentioned that uh, one should see the self as the witness hmm, of the drama of the biological and psychological sense of self, which we described last night as a really good movie. It's a comedy, it's a drama, it's a, it's a horror movie, it's a it's a, a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's everything you could possibly get in the theater, um, uh, and more. So um, um, the question was, how do you step back and witness that, which the Sandarva, um, uh advocates in this section? Apparently, that you were you were studying, um, and of course. I gave an introductory answer by way of saying that the proper conceptual orientation, hmm, some um, 
if we become grounded in that, then um, then to to that extent we can we can step back and and and, and witness it and not be overwhelmed by the transformations it undergoes physically, emotional, mental, emotional, ups and downs, and so on and so forth. But um, as was implied, if not directly stated in your question, it's easier said than done. Now, if, if you get to do that, but if you get a, a very, my answer is if you get a very strong dose of the Sambandha Gyan, get grounded in this um, conceptual orientation arising out of the sacred text, get your kind of feet planted there, then that's a good uh, good start, right? But of course, the Paramatma is not the whole of the treatise, and um, so it, it goes on from there to the Krishna Sandarbha, to the Bhakti Sandarbha, to the Preeti Sandarbha. Uh, so the whole picture comes in. And of course, uh, as I mentioned, one of the things that the conceptual orientation that we have to life um, does is it fosters a certain type of corresponding type of activity, which in this case is more than witnessing. Hmm? From a Gyan perspective, then um, the idea of witnessing, stepping back and witnessing is, uh, or the yoga perspective, I should say, in particular, hmm? uh, that's about all you can do. In yoga Siddhanta, Patanjali, the Atma is not an agent of action. It has no causal influence. And as we were speaking, well, uh, the other day, yesterday, with regard to Dvaita Vedanta, for example, a kind of a extreme um, radical form of non-dualism, um, there is no... <laughs> the witness disappears. <laughs> Along with the with the world, and we, we were giving an an example of a, of a materialistic form of non-dualism and a spiritual form of non-dualism. The latter being Advaita Vedanta, the former being materialism, physicalism, naturalism, if you will. It's these only physical uh, forces, and there is no consciousness is an illusion, basically. Hmm. And the other end of the spectrum, but out of the world, it doesn't exist. Matter doesn't exist. So what's out there doesn't exist. Only who's asking the question exists. In a materialistic monism, only the world out there exists. <laughs> and there's nobody asking the question, which doesn't compute very well with our intuitive sensibilities. Um, and there's a whole host of problems with that, obviously. Um, but... Uh, <coughs> If you go from Gyan to Yoga, Siddhanta, and then in Yoga, but in Ashtanga Yoga, then there's a there's a more uh, a robust sense of self that we find there. In other words, there is a Purusha, which is the term used in the sutras, and there is Prakriti. Prakriti refers to nature. Purusha refers to the Atma. Hmm? Um, in Advaita Vedanta. There is Brahman, there is an Atma, which is provincial, or let's say, I wish I said not provincial, but um, provisional, hmm? and part of the uh, empiric reality hmm? that doesn't really exist. In the Paramarthic reality, there is no Atma, no individual self, there is only Brahman, hmm? is their idea. <clears throat> 
it's interesting again because from a materialistic monistic perspective again it really truth is as it's thought only physical forces are interacting and then the empirical the practical world is is very different it's all an illusion i don't know why they get so upset with religion because it's just another illusion along with the, with the, the illusion of everyday life that, that is admitted uh, embedded within their their, their outlook right? um, so anyway from there we become with yoga yoga then the, 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 the purusha the atma is a witness it's not an agent of action but it's still it's a more robust sense of self that we find in Patanjali's uh, sutras. And if we go to Vaishnavism, and within that in Gaudi Vaishnavism, we have a very robust uh, sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, with with uh, robust very much in terms of its potential. So it's it's of a particular nature that lends itself to, to, to nurture. Mm-hmm. And if it's nurtured by the influence, by the environment, material environment, and it's kind of malnurtured, so to speak, and uh, what comes out of that is is the um, false sense of self, hmm, identified with the body, mind, complex, and and so forth. The desires, the attachments that we have become ourselves. We are our our my is our I. Hmm. What I think is mine is what becomes I. Hmm. Of course, nothing is mine, so the I is very questionable that arises out of that. Hmm? So there's a false sense of I, but I mean, we couldn't even talk about it if it wasn't the real I. Hmm? So, so we, and again, we're coming to a more robust uh, sense of, of, of self, who is a witness, yes, but is also an, an agent of action, Hmm? So it has causal efficacy. It has um, kartritva, bogtritva, nyatritva. So it is an agent of action. It, it, without that, then the scriptural um, mandates, do this and don't do that, for example, would make no sense. Who's who talking to? Who are those Upanishads talking to? There's no one to listen, and no one can have any make any any decision, so to speak, right? Mm. So it has capacity to 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 act and affect the world, causal agent. It has has kartritva, gyatritva. It's the it's the it's the ground of knowing, mm. as opposed to matter can't know, but consciousness can know. Chit and it it um, it but uh, it it's has the capacity to to taste hmm. to experience um, like for example um, well qualitative experiences hmm. qualitative experiences appear in the mental emotional qualia appear in the mental emotional realm the reason that they appear there this, this is then this is an interesting point of course. But in our in our worldview, we have physical matter and we have psychic matter, both. The difference between the two is 
is like the difference between a gross form of something and a subtle form of something, but but they, they function uh, very differently. And one of the ways that they that it, that they function differently is that the subtle matter has this capacity to reflect consciousness proper. And so, in proximity to consciousness, it can reflect consciousness and take on a consciousness-like nature. Indeed, a lot of people uh, in philosophy of mind, for example, uh, uh, really identify mind and the functions of the mental, emotional world with consciousness proper itself. We would take a step back from there and say that this subtle matter has been uh, empowered, so to speak, just by its proximity to consciousness, due to its capacity to, ref to reflect. Hmm? And, and so there's a mental, emotional life uh, going on that we're caught up in, uh, identified with, but we are, are actually uh, making it possible, so to speak. And the point I want to make there, that's interesting, of course, is that if the Atma, if consciousness, has this capacity to, ter to turn um, dull matter, whether it be gross or subtle, here we're talking about the subtle form of it, into to give it a life, so to speak, to set it in motion, hmm? to make it quasi-subjective, I would call it quasi-subjective, because it's all, for the most part, absorbed in the objective world. <laughs> it's not... Uh, so it's tied to the objective world, the gross physical world. All of our thoughts are primarily about the physical world, so they're preoccupied there. It's quasi-subjective in that sense, and also because it's 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 um, qualitative nature is is derived from something of pure qual qualitative, uh, pure value. Hmm? Matter has a quantitative nature, and consciousness has a qualitative nature. So the point I'm making is that that in this perspective, what is it that makes subtle matter gives it the capacity to have a rich emotional life of qualitative experiences of red, of blue, of happy, of sad, of pain, and and uh, and joy, and so on and so forth. Hmm? That's where we live, right? We we live in the in, in the emotional uh, world, subjective world, that is, is so much dismissed as being unreal, and it's only in your mind, and it, unless we can demonstrate objectively its thought, it uh, it can't be real. This is an interesting, uh, as an aside, trap that I think that agnostics kind of fall into in a sense, because from the atheistic point of view, uh, non-theistic point of view, uh, say a materialistic point of view, um, in order for something to be, in modern society, to be real, it has to be um, rational, it has to be verified um, through experiment and data and, and so on and so forth, right? That's, I mean, that's just a basic uh, overview of it. Um, um, now, we theists, we don't accept it that that's the case, but an agnostic accepts that. Hmm? You understand what I'm saying? Hmm? 
And because it, he sees there's something wrong with materialism, but I can't prove the other, but, but you don't have to by that method. Hmm? The theistic point of view from the onset is that, that, well, let's take the controlled experiment, for example, that science is prides itself in and so forth. Um, the idea there is that you, you control an environment and within that control environment you make an experiment and you get data and then you come to a conclusion about the nature of some aspect of, of, of the world. But what's a given and built into that idea is what? It, is that, uh, well, you can only, it's not thought out, but you can't, you can only control something that's lesser than you. You can't control something that's superior to you. If it was superior to you, you couldn't control. So you don't expect anything that is superior or outside of, or has has the ability to to is the is the bigger picture, so to speak, to appear inside of the controlled experiment. But if it doesn't, then it can't it can't be real. So the theists start from a different perspective than the atheist. That the agnostic. Um, kind of buys into and remains perpetually um, on the fence. Mm-hmm. The idea, of course, being that from the theistic point of view the, or the spiritual point of view, that there are other ways of knowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a, a stretch. Mm-hmm. Especially we look at the, the, the limits of reasoning, even from, a, from the point of view of materialism, as I was speaking, I think, last night, reason has no power to weigh in on truth, hmm? really. Inherently, it's, it's, it's just physical forces bouncing around. <laughs> so, uh, thoughts are uh, no different than the things, in a sense, that we, we, we think about hmm? from the physic, physical point of view. Uh, so, uh, so at any rate, we 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 live in the mental emotional world, in the subjective world. That's where we live. Unfortunately, it's a quasi-subjective world because, in one sense, as I said, it's it's always completely focused on the objective world, and it finds limitations there. In the mind, we want to do things that we can't do. Physically, we dream about them, we think about it, we make plans, and it all works out. But when we put it into practice, it doesn't usually uh, um, fully play out, mm-hmm. right? And everybody doesn't live happily ever after, if, if you will, which is what the movies are about. Mm-hmm. Which is there's this whole sense throughout that permeates the. The, the human society that, that that there's something just around the corner that there, there's really a strong and intuitive sense that there's something that that um, beyond the limits of the of the the eye and the mind so to speak hmm? um, every everybody is is living for though and celebrating those moments that stretch the material reality to go beyond the, its its limits. As I said before, if, if you can go one ten thousandth of a second faster than somebody else, you can get a gold medal. 
and it would be celebrated. And, and so we, we're living for the, you know, the one that just doesn't hit the rim. It's swish, you know, it's perfect. Swish, this kind of thing. And these are the these are the things that are celebrated in human society. These are we are all really celebrating the capacity, the potential of the self that just that doesn't fit hmm, within the ob- objective world and its limitations. That's why I've said before sometimes that human beings, unlike other less complex species, who are content for example, birds to fly without pondering, what might it be like to swim? <laughs> and fish who swim and don't bother to think, what might it be like to fly? Hmm? But we try to fly and we try to swim, we try to go to the bottom of the ocean, we try to go to the top of the, touch the stars. Hmm? Uh, bec- and our explanation of that is because in human life, something, the self, hmm, value, meaning, quality are coming to the fore in a way that they don't in the less complex forms of life, in a prominent way. Human life is a question mark. Why? Why? And the answer is not going to come from nature, which is quantitative. It's a qualitative question. Why? Value, purpose, meaning. It's not going to come from the natural, objective, quantitative realm. It has to come from the consciousness realm. Hmm? And although we are consciousness, we're asking the question, so we must be only a small part of the consciousness, not the whole thing, otherwise we'd, we'd know the answer. Hmm? Who are we going to ask? Who are we asking? We're asking for a greater capitalist, so to speak, that has more um, capital in consciousness than we do. Hmm? Uh, so we had the smoke, we had the spark, and then there's the fire. And the fire has heat, and has light, and that's what I want to get to. What is the heat and the light of the fire? The luminosity, hmm? the feeling, the knowing, the feeling is internal to, to the fire. Hmm? So we, anyway, we are, here we are as human beings. We, we read the world with the help of the scriptures in, 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 in this way that the self is coming to the fore. It's asking about itself. Hmm? Without a good uh, teacher, without a good... Uh, um, unless we ask in the right place, so to speak, again, material nature can't give the answer. So we're, we're, we're trying to be all that we are, so to speak, um, by airplanes and submarines, use that, use that example of flying and, and swimming or, or, or whatever it may be. Hmm? But, of course, the spiritual idea is, is, is that the inquiry must go within, hmm? go within, as you say, or go without. <laughs> right? Hmm. So, that self that's that's there it's it's not only a witness but it it's it's an agent of action it's a seed of of knowing and it it has the capacity to uh, have qualitative ex- experiences hmm? and so there's this whole rich if you will um emotional life that the human beings are are living within um, but from our perspective 
it's only there because of being of proximity to the Atma that has turned it on, so to speak. It's like if you sit down and turn on the television, the television has a life, but it could take over your life. Hmm? So we've turned on hmm, matter, so to speak, by proximity to subtle matter, it's been ignited. And the gross matter, um, so to speak, uh, what would you say, evolves out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then this whole show is is, is going on. Mm-hmm. And there we are. We, we're witnessing it, but we got so caught up in it mm-hmm, that that virtual reality that we're feeling the pains and pleasures, the ups and downs, riding on the, the ocean of, of, of material uh, emotions and um, pursuing the highs and avoiding the lows, not knowing that as high as it gets is as low as it gets. <laughs> you can be sure about that, <laughs> materially speaking. I mean, that's a simple, very kind of Buddhistic uh, statement of the Gita. Uh, sums up the whole world. What does he say? Dukalayam Ashashvatam. Krishna says to Arjuna, the nature of the world is that it's 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 dukkha, suffering. And it's almost as if Arjuna said, Well yeah, I kinda like it though. And Krishna says, Well, Ashashvatam, you can't keep it. Now as much as you like it, <laughs> as much as it's become a problem and a source of uh, distress for you. Because one thing when you have a thing, and when you lose it, that's another, right? If you want it, I mean, if you like it, right? So, this whole mental emotional life, the point I'm making here in a roundabout way, is that the Atma if it has the power to create, so to speak, just by its by its presence, this mental emotional life that's quasi-subjective, then it inherently must have some capacity for an emotional life as well, unfettered by the mind and the senses, purely subjective, not preoccupied with matter. Looking into itself, hmm, with 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 good help, hmm, then at least from the Bhagwat, from the Gita, we find a very robust sense of self. That the self has a nature, and it lends itself to nurture. And now we're being malnurtured by the environment, hmm, so to speak, and we're living a disappointing type of life where the answer seems just around the corner, but it never comes. But bhakti is actually, properly understood, another environment. It's not what we do, but it does something to us hmm, that we can grab onto if we are graced with bhakti, because it is another shakti. So you have the shakti of maya, you have the shakti of the atma, and then you have the shakti of, of bhakti, that we call swarup shakti, or Prabhupada used to refer to it as the internal power of Krishna. So in the fire analogy, it is the heat and the light. Heat and the light means 
Samvit, Tladini, Sudasatva Visheshatma, Prema Suryam Susamyabak. The ingress, it has the power to make ingress into the jiva hmm? in a way that Maya Shakti doesn't because Maya Shakti is asat, achit, nirananda. Hmm? It doesn't have the capacity uh, to mix with something that's consciousness, that's chit, chitkana. But the spark, the smoke doesn't mix with the, in our analogy, with the spark, but the spark can mix with heat and light by entering the fire. Hmm? Right? So, some bit, this means that there's, there's bhava, hmm? ecstasy, spiritual, from the world, land of ecstasy. Hmm? There's a realm hmm? where, as we've said, misery pervades, arising out of what? Avidya. The root of all misery is avidya, ignorance. It manifests as attachment. Attachment in the pursuit of things, acquisition, and so forth. This is, the Buddha said the same thing, right? Hmm? The world's about suffering, and the cause, the perpetuate, well, that which perpetuates the suffering is the, is, he almost said it, Trishna. Of course, Krishna is the solution. <laughs> Trishna is the problem. <laughs> Trishna means the thirst. So desire, thirst for things, is the is the very which we think will bring us happiness. Is the actual cause of of suffering. Hmm? So, as there is, and we are can be sure of it, a realm of suffering. I mean, we shouldn't have any doubts about it. <laughs> no doubt that there is such a place. Hmm? It's a realm of doubt and unknowing. Hmm? A realm of misery. Is it is it too much of a stretch to then, having been shown that through good association that we didn't see perhaps without that, oh, to then believe. Hmm? So there's some believing, right? Some believing. As those who have told us about the world in a way that we hadn't seen it before, that makes sense to us and it changes the whole our whole perspective, and then says, "And there is a world of ecstasy, and a world of knowing." Hmm? I mean, it's not that uh, much much of a. a a, a stretch to say that we, you know, we don't know everything. There could be more. <laughs> it's possible. Hmm? And then you know, these people who are who are who going within to find more hmm? with less. I mean, that's the whole idea of yoga. The whole idea, using yoga in a generic sense of spiritual practice. The whole idea of spiritual practice is to demonstrate to oneself the theory that I exist independent of the body-mind complex. I am not a product of time and space. All, all of which, all the products of which are here today and, you can say it, gone tomorrow. 
I'm not like that. I have no experience of not existing. Why should I believe somebody tell me that I don't? Because you didn't see me at some point? Hmm? I have no experience of not existing. Hmm? What's the ultimate praman? That we evidence that we go by our experience. Hmm? What there and what it, and what is the difference between that which is non-experiential and that which is experiential in nature? How big is the difference? Hmm? Somebody asked me once, "What is the most profound experience you've had?" I said that I experience. We could start there. That's profound. I'm an experiencing entity. And there are things that are non-experiential. Experience will not arise out of non-experience. I think that is sensible. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that's non-experiential, what's out there, mm -hmm. how different is it from that which is experiencing and asking the questions? How different? It's entirely different. <laughs> the world's apart. Hmm? It doesn't matter how much, how, how it doesn't, does it make sense that at some point, if I take the basic ingredients of the world and mix them together and experiencing um, reality is going to rise out of these non-experiencing ingredients. Of course, artificial intelligence is a, is a popular subject and so forth, and there's been a lot of progress made in it. But really the progress is like, for someone who wants to touch the moon, has now climbed a tree and thinks I'm getting close. That little, that lady or guy you talk to in your phone who talks to you, you know, is really different from you. Don't fall in love with her. And there's a movie about that. I didn't see it, but I heard it. Don't fall in love with her. That's not a good idea, even materially speaking. Hmm. So, that there's a world of suffering, and the basis of it is absorption in non-experiential matter. That's asat. It's here today and gone tomorrow. You can't you can't hang on to it. So it causes suffering. Hmm? It's achit. It has no knowledge to give me. It's not. I, mean, I can learn. Hmm? from anything, but it is not inherently knowledgeable or conscious. And there's no joy in it. The joy of things, as I said last night, is only the things that are mine. Or by extension that I've, that I've identified. They're my child's. They're my, my husband's. They're my, they're my friends. The, but the word my... It's a very small word of two letters. It's a transformation of the most widely spoken word in English constituted of one letter. You all know what it is. I. I is the most uh, widely spoken word in all uh, human languages. And my 
is a, is a, is a two-letter extension of it, by which the I, this I, extends itself into non-experiential stuff, mm-hmm. and identifying with it gets pleasure from it. Why? Because I'm in it. Mm-hmm. My means I'm inside of it now. I projected myself inside of it. So what is the, where does the joy come from? It comes from the self, hmm? not from matter. Hmm? Experiential reality is different than non-experiential reality. When we then that, when that self is identified only with non-experiential reality, it suffers. So it's this, it's the joy of the world. Jigwasan makes this point in in probably in Paramatma Sandarbha. Yeah, uh, that the the Atma, the self, is the is the is the is the basis of all happiness in the world, hmm? right? So now, and we're saying, of course, that but it's just a spark, and therefore it's prone to the condition that it's in, which is ignorance and apparent suffering and so forth. If it was the whole thing, it, it wouldn't that wouldn't have that problem wouldn't have arisen. Hmm? So we're positing that you you should believe in the, that there's a source from which the spark has come and which from the, the smoke has come, hmm? and it's not a, a stretch because we're all looking for our source. You know whether it's on the internet, you get one of those, what do they call those genealogical, you know, hereditary, you know, or they got they got they got gene th- d- DNA tests that you can do to test where where do I come from where. Everybody wants to know their origins, hmm? their source. According to the Paramatma Sandarbha, then there is um, there is uh, is one of the one of the qualities, one of the one of the uh, characteristics, one of the aspects of the Atma that it has an inborn kind of um, interest in and sense of bond with its. With its source, the Paramatma. Hmm? Now, it doesn't have Prem, doesn't have Bhakti inside of it. That's Krishna's Rupshakti. We're getting to that. Hmm? But it has a natural natural affinity for its source. It's looking for its source, hmm? by which itself can be, can be fully understood. If I know where I come from, oh, I know. I'm a son of a king. I'm rich. Hmm? My life is much different now, uh, and the other boy is an orphan. Okay, you go that way, and I'll go this way, and, and on the street. Once we find our source, hmm? so so we have to we have to just really make the stretch and believe that there's a source, <laughs> and that, it, that it's of a of the qualitative nature. Hmm? It's not subject to the to the problems that we experience, because the fire is not subject to the same potential problems that the spark is. Hmm? Could be obscured by the smoke. There could be sparks inside the smoke. You couldn't see them. They're there. The smoke won't put it out. The analogy only goes so far. But so, so relative to your question last night, the Sambandha Gyan 
being grounded in that, this is a good start. But Sambandha Gyan, the conceptual orientation we have, whatever it is, is going to foster by, na- by its nature a certain type of action. So the Sambandha Gyan that we get hmm, from texts like the Sandarbhas fosters what we call bhakti, hmm? the abhideya, right? So it's one thing to witness. You know, kind of get got to get your head head on straight, so to speak. That's what that part of the Sandarbha is trying to do, so that your love, to use a borrowed term in a new book, what's it called? Wise love, <laughs> from this book, right? Wise love. Hmm. Love is one thing, but it, it's usually not too wise because it's really attachment. But but they can be wise love. Why not? Hmm? It's not just the head, right? The head should serve the heart. We should use our head to soften our heart. That's what we should do. Hmm? So Eva Goswami gives you the head, and, but then, but then, then this sambandha again at the same time, it's not just well, okay, I've been told and it makes sense to me that I'm not this mental, emotional or physical, biological, psychological or biological self. That's a whole other other drama that's going on. It has its karmic momentum. Hmm? I'm not going to plug into it anymore to allow it to perpetuate. I'm going to step back and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> witness it um, and so forth. Uh, so you can see why Krishna says in the Gita, um, doing it like that is kind of hard in the 12th chapter of the Gita. It's kind of difficult. Hmm? But bhakti now is of a, is, is very user-friendly because another shakti is introduced into the equation. And this is, this is the, 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 the internal Shakti. Let, let, we're talking about, we talked about it, the analogy of a fire, okay? We're still talking about it. So you've got sparks and smoke. It's easy to conceptualize sparks and smoke and how they're uh, one with the fire, but they're, they're, they can be separate from the fire, too. Now, when we talk about heat and light, it's harder to separate that from the fire. What it is, the power, is it's the power of the fire to light and the heat. It, it's a generating source of power. So it's, a, it's an energetic source of energy. So if we use this example or this analogy, then the smoke is like the Maya Shakti. It is also one with the fire, and it's also different from the fire, but it's more different than it is one. We go to the other end of the spectrum, the Sarup Shakti, it's more one then it is different. Hmm? We're in between, but we could be more one than different by coming under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. While the Maya Shakti's influence on us is artificial, it never really touches us. We're like the, like the oil that never touches the water. Hmm? It rides along top of, so to speak, in relation to matter. We don't undergo the transformations that matter undergoes of birth, disease, death, old age, and so forth. But we can come under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, and it can make ingress into us. It doesn't mean that the jiva is transformed. It means that 
it has a potential that is realized in connection with that environment. Hmm? The Sarup Shakti, which is, to use the analogy of heat and light, is it's a luminous environment. Hmm? This will come up, obviously, tomorrow, the celebration of the avatar hmm? idea. From that world, there's no falling. Hmm? We have to talk about jai and be jai. Hmm? From that world, there's no falling. Hmm? Because there's no need of sun, there's no need of moon, there's no need of fire, which are illuminating objects. The idea of the verse is, illuminating, luminous objects are mentioned hmm, because luminous objects are often invoked um, to represent knowing, right? Like the light bulb just went off in your head, hmm, right? So there's a realm that's luminous. It means that there's no need for sun, moon, fire. It means it's a knowing realm. There's no ignorance there. There's no, there's, there's, there's no ignorance. Hmm? It's luminous. That's what we call samvit, chit. Hmm? And at the same time, there is a moon, there is a sun, and they're cooking chapatis there. Hmm? How is that? Hmm? This is so bhakti becomes very complex now, right? Right? Hmm? There is no need for a sun. But there is a sun, and there's a need for it. There's no need for illumination, for knowing, like there is here, hmm? a realm of ignorance. It's all knowing. But for the feeling, so there's, it's luminous, it's, it's light and heat. Heat, warmth, means feeling. Hmm? For the feeling, the bhava of the leela, there had to be a moon, <laughs> there'd be no Rasalila. Hmm? There has to be a sun. Hmm? There has to be fire to cook a whole feast, right? Hmm? But these things, <laughs> but of course, then we're, we're talking about, we talked about the other the other day, the nature of Leela and so forth, and what its appearance of being geographically bound, time bound, and so forth. But not being so. We won't go back in, in into that, but those of you who are more schooled in the, in the teaching can appreciate the point I'm making. And that knowing and feeling constitutes a wise kind of love and emotional life that the Atma, in its sleeping condition, has the potential for. And because it has the potential for it, in sleeping condition, in proximity to the subtle matter, <laughs> the subtle matter takes on a whole emotional life. How can it take on an emotional life? Hmm? Where's that come from? It's coming from the consciousness itself. The implication being consciousness has a potential for emotional life, rather than just being still. Hmm? It starts the emotional life, hmm? and and if anything that emotional life is good cause for not pursuing Gyan. At least I tried to love. <laughs> At least I had some, some 
semblance of the experience of it. I mean, what is the nature of transcendence if it is devoid of any variety, if it is devoid of any other? Hmm? Then it is simply right. You, I mean, you can't say anything about it. You can't. It's not the. It, it, if spiritual life and enlightenment is just the end of suffering, the end of emotional life, I don't know if I want to go there. People can make a claim hmm, and say, "At least I, at least I tried to love. <laughs> I had a semblance of it." Oh, but that's not love. Yeah, true, but it's a semblance of it. Hmm. But detachment is better. Detachment is knowledge. Hmm? In other words, if I want to be happy, I can't be attached to something that's that's temporary. So, hmm. unplug, don't give. I mean, don't don't take. Attachment means taking, but don't take, don't take. Sit still. Hmm. Is that it? Hmm. Is that is that it? Hmm. Eternal quietude. Just that, or here we're talking about a complete reversal of the whole situation. We're making sense out of the world. That's why Advaita Vedanta cannot posit a world. We can make sense out of it. You understand? The mental, emotional, subjective experience of the world, we can make sense out of this. It's the inverse. Another, we, give some, we give meaning to it. We give... Uh, there, there is a world. Hmm? That's why in Gaudiya Vaishnavism we say, better to be under the influence of karma than jnana. <laughs> that is to turn things upside down. Hmm? Better to be in the world than to have merged with, than Brahma Sayuja, let's say, something like that. Hmm? Better because there's a chance. <laughs> For a semblance of of service, of giving, hmm? and there's a force of karma in the world forever, and without beginning, there's a force of bhakti in the world too, that you won't find in Brahma Sarujya. You won't find it there. Hmm? They're moving in this world, sadhus, under different influence by their touch, by their contact. Hmm? That bhakti can come within us, that opportunity. And so, how do we do what you were asking? We can, you know, how do I function as if my mind and my body are not me? Hmm? Well, first you have to think about it, right? And then, Rishikena Rishikesha Sevana. This is, you want to talk about the power of the Surup Shakti compared to our power. We're consciousness. With the spark, but the heat and light of that fire are so powerful hmm, that they have the power for, for it would appear transubstantiation, or to speak of dispelling the influence of Maya, turning the material body into a spiritual one. How it? I mean, that's just <laughs> very extraordinary. Hmm? You understand? The ananda of the jivas is minute. 
it can't dispel and the gyan, the, the, the it can't dispel the influence of Maya. Hmm? Would speak of Kankar Krishna, but this this Rup Shakti has has conquered Krishna, right? Bhakti has conquered Krishna. If bhakti makes ingress into ourselves, what what power do we have to dispel Maya? That's a small thing, indeed. It takes. We can say you're not the body. Hmm? That's the beginning, the idea, and then we can say, now I'm going to give you a sadaka deha. Now you, now you are that body. Now you have the potential to to make another body, hmm? Hmm? and and it's based on the rishikena sevanam. Hmm? Body means senses. We use our senses in relation to sense objects, and an identity forms. So, with my senses, through my senses, I can say I enter the out into the world of sense objects, of tastes, of smells, of sounds, and so forth. I identify with them. I in the mind, I like this one. I don't like that one. Hmm? So, a sense of I is is formed that it's it, it's not enduring. Hmm? In bhakti, then. Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam. So we take the same senses and we use them in relation to sense objects only for the service of Krishna. So we're also hearing sounds, hmm? tasting, uh, tastes. Uh, we hear the sound of Mitra Saints. Kirtan. Haribo! Hmm. We taste the Mahaprasad offered to Krishna and so forth. So it's a whole art, right, of yoga of using the senses in the service of the master of the senses. Hmm? So this is how you, this is the second answer to how you do this, is the, the bhakti, the abhideya, right? Hmm? Of course you know that, I'm just explaining it in a long way. Hmm? And it's, this is very uh, user-friendly and, and very powerful, this rup shakti that bhakti is constituted of is very, very, I mean, it's, it's we're hopeless without that. And with it, the hope is it, it it's 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 like you just won the lottery. You got the path if you take if you take advantage of it. Hmm? Unfortunately, in our early stages of practice, we may get overwhelmed by the mental emotional life. Something may happen. Oh, and then I put down my beads, forgetting that the beads didn't cause a problem. <laughs> uh, that wasn't the cause of your problem. Ah, uh, oh, I can't help don't feel. Enthusiastic to chant anymore. This happened, that happened, and so forth. Hmm. <laughs> the beats didn't cause that. The mantra didn't cause that. Hmm. Pick it up again. Try again. Oh, and then we try. You see, you know, we get a, just a, a little taste, and we think, and all the problems just shrink. A little, just a little taste of the, of the sweetness of the name, and the whole world just isn't it? Just evaporates, and all the problems. You could face them all a million times over. Hmm? Hmm. So we have to tap into that power of bhakti, and it's it's easy to do compared to the abstract question that you asked. How do I do that? And, you know, here's how I do. It. How do I love Krishna? Well, how do you love anybody else? Want to go out to, for lunch? Right. So you invite him to dinner. <laughs> Then you cook for somebody that you you love, right? And you think about them. You so we have a 
ritualistic way in the beginning to go about that, which will foster internal life. Hmm? So, this second part of the answer to your question, long one, sorry about that. Any other thoughts? What's the time? Okay, we have a long day. And tomorrow is the uh, appearance of uh, Narasimha, one of the one of the most prominent uh, avatars. So we have a nice uh, uh, program, kirtans, and uh, I think we have a class at about four o'clock. It'll be followed by kirtan, and it'll be prashad in the in the midday. Or here. Was at dusk <laughs> that he appeared. Bhaktivinoda Thakur did say that the essence of spiritual life is not dietary and fasting. But we, anyway, we do what we can here. <laughs> so, lunch, come for lunch. Yeah, we're going to have. Usually, usually there's a Sunday program. We're going to have a Saturday program, right? Instead, so you've come to the Sunday program here, right? Okay, you have to come to the Saturday one instead this week. Okay. Okay. Everyone's invited. Bhagavan Nishinga Kijai, Prahlad Maharaj Kijai, Shishi Gorada Madhava Kijai, Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Kijai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda Kijai, Gaur Premanand Kijai.